I'm going to anglicize all of these Martians' names. <laughs> Welcome to Double Issue. It is I, Quinn Pongratz, a host of Double Issue. Joining me today is another host. Hello, I am another host, Daniel Poole. And today we're doing a weird one. <laughs> doing an experimental, gamey, world-building episode. That's right, you've been tricked. This is a real play now. Yeah, instead of stories, because I continued to be moving in between <laughs> and didn't write a story again. It's okay. At work, I got two different giant projects handed off to me and they're like yeah and i know it's like we're mostly off next week because of the holiday but just go ahead and get that all finished up would you it's just oh sure thing man that's cool so we're doing a world build because those are easier to do (laughs) and they're also more fun yeah at least i was thinking about this i was like they're more fun why isn't the whole show that then but i like the the fun of the stories one is a very different fun. The fun is in like the work put into it. See, I have a whole lot of fun with the stories whenever I first hear like the completed story coming out. Yeah, the, like the the fun is the getting to the finished product on those. The record session of those is basically just chatting about the stories. Yeah, but it's more more fun to create than it is to do a piece of a larger larger pie. I also kind of like our single stories because we can kind of make up stuff and then we just have to like we just have to deal with that whereas in world build we can kind of democratically go back and forth yeah so today we're playing a game of microscope which is a thing maybe you haven't heard of before but it it's the tagline is a fractal role-playing game of epic histories by ben robbins yeah and we've played this a few times just on our own and had some pretty good experiences like we've created some pretty cool worlds yeah and it's basically creating a timeline mostly uh we have we have some setup work already done but as we go through this episode we'll be adding points to the timeline and asking questions and answering questions and we'll be able to zoom back and forth through time as well as in and out of time we can like do broad strokes like declare that a war happened in between these two events and then later on come back to it with a a finer degree on our microscope here and uh figure out even like down to what a general's decision what kind of impact that had on a battle in the war yeah and for our microscope game we're going to be looking at the martians pre-earth figuring out what brought them to earth yeah our big picture is an alien empire rises and falls and we've already bookended our history. We're going to be starting with a vague event we're calling right now the Grand Unification. And our end point is going to be when the Martians leave Mars on a ship to crash land and become Atlantis. And then we've got a palette that we've discussed that has yes and no items for our universe while we're creating it in this place. So we've just got a couple items that are like, yes, these story elements can be included and no these story elements shouldn't be included and really the biggest one we had was like no immortal characters 
because microscope games get derailed really quick by immortal characters. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to each add a thing to the timeline for our first pass, and then we'll uh, then we'll go into turn order and explain what we're doing as we do it. Cool. These are going to be big events? Uh, they can be events or periods. Okay. I guess I should explain what events and periods are. So there, there's the like three levels to the timeline. You've got the periods, which are large sweeping periods. Um, it's a large chunk of time, usually decades or centuries, depending on the history, like an era of feudal wars or stellar colonization. Then we've got below that, inside of the periods, we've got events, which are something specific that happens in periods, like a large battle or a festival. And then inside events, we have what, what are called scenes. Usually when we define a period or event, we give a like brief description of what it is. For scenes, we ask a question, and then we uh, role-play it out a bit to, to find the answer to that question. Sometimes they're going to be obvious answers <laughs> in a short scene, or sometimes they'll be uh, events or questions that seem like they might be obvious, and they come across an unobvious answer, which throws a wrench in everything. And then I want to remind you, Daniel... No one owns anything in the history. You can make an event and say, this is when the prophet gets assassinated. Or this is when the awesome city you guys have going on, uh, you guys have been going on about gets nuked. Boom. We can't contradict anything, but no one owns anything. So killing or destroying things is allowed. I think it's a story in one of these books that one of someone's favorite game is they, they had everything basically figured out. There was like a a big war near the end of the timeline, and then there was space travel after it. And everyone assumed the timeline was basically settled. But on the last turn, someone decided that there was like nuclear holocaust right after the big war. And so there, it just suddenly opened up this chasm that no one could close because the game was over. <laughs> oh. That everyone was then after the game just wondering about like, Oh, there's like basically a whole second history in there. <laughs> like, how did they get back all the way? We were discussing it before we started, but we are saying that Mars has a lot more water at this point, enough that it's mostly ocean. Yeah, Mars, the water world. And somehow we got to get all that water off of Mars. We have done our first pass. Do you want to say what these are, Daniel? Yeah. So during the Grand Unification... Excalibur is forged for the child king, Vogath. Okay. And then you've got Touch the Sky. It's a period. Touch the Sky, the time of many great towers that extend out of the waters. So do you want to go first? You can pick a focus. Okay. And that will focus what events we do. And remember to start out, when you after you pick the focus, you get to create two periods or events. And they can be nested inside of one another if need be. Well, I'm interested in following up with the towers further. So I'd like to make the towers the focus. Okay. I believe and they're called need... air scrapers. So then I need to make two periods or events about those? Yeah. Periods and or events. If you make a period, you can put an event inside of it also. Okay. Okay. Do you want to say what you have added to the timeline? After the touch the sky period, I added a period of indeterminate time after, in which the skyscrapers fall back into the sea, 
and we played around with some names for it, but uh, right now we're sitting on air scrapers, more like sea scrapers, and I uh, I decided that would probably be a negative aspect, and I put an event under it called the Destruction of Babel. The largest air scraper tumbles into the seas. Also negative. Also negative. So have you got so I have had an event in the Touch the Sky period where I have said the Science Council deems the technology of water holding uh, trademark pending on name to be safe enough to build structures with. A Science Council has deemed a technology, whatever technology it is they need to build these things. So let's do you, do you got a, a, an idea for a name there or uh, a type of technology or something? <laughs> we call it the pump yeah like i don't know it's got to be fancier than that huh? what if because i i have to add an event after this right yeah i've got an idea for the inventor that makes the technology what if it's like a magic tech like what is the technology doing is maybe my like something we need to flesh out real quick yeah so i think it helps keep the water moving through the buildings so it's some sort of purification system, but also possibly magically powered. So a giant toilet. The Science Council deems the flush tech to be safe enough to build structures with. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. The, the, the stagnation no more. What about the hand wavetron? Keep it moving. We be viscous. <laughs> what about <laughs> Pied Piper? It's an awful name. <laughs> what about just something like aquifer the science council deems the flow rider tech <laughs> to be safe enough to build structures with scientist georgia florida line coalition coalition we're not as impressed what about flow master float but flow t okay the science council deems the float technology used to make the air scrapers to be safe enough to build structures with all right well, here's mine. Phaedra, creator of the float technology, completes his first successful test. And Phaedra is a magic weapon from Hindu, Jainism, and Buddhist traditions. But it's typically a club that shoots lightning. All right, sounds like you're adding a whole lot more than just one thing, but all right. I just said that's the guy's name. I just thought you should know there's the reason I picked it. <laughs> that's just one thing. Okay, so you've completed up the rounds. Yeah. Now, I've got to give you a... Legacy. Yep. I, I I now choose a legacy for you. Something that came up during that last thing. Uh, I think your legacy will be Vajra. Yeah. Can you explain what that is again? Sorry. It's a Sanskrit word meaning thunderbolt and diamond. Additionally, it's a weapon. It says one in battle, which is used as a ritual object to symbolize the properties of diamond and thunderbolt. So it's a club with a ribbed or oh, spirit crucial head. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. it's like a four-way club? Yeah. Or a two-way club. Oh, it looks like it's a double-ended club. It's showing both. Do you see this one with four of them? Oh, I just it's on the wiki page. Let me look up. Oh, man. Oh, okay. I guess we should determine now, is it four or two? It's two twos that combine to make a four. <laughs> That's that works. It. Uh, they, you can do a wield them or snap them together and then create like a sort of boomerang type of device. So I guess uh, if you're not looking at this, it's like a, a small club that you hold in kind of the middle and each end has kind of, it kind of looks like a maybe 
in some ways a talon also a little bit like those uh king's crowns that are kind of like curved at the top would yeah, was that kind of fair the crown's what i saw first but then when you said talon i saw that too yeah and some of them have kind of claw-like properties on the end but it it doesn't seem like it's for stabbing so much but uh it's sort of like a, a medieval europe scepter where it's almost it's more decorative than necessarily for actually smacking somebody with yeah but uh it's kind of just handheld and not much reach but uh the, like kind of extends on either side of your hand that way so i guess in the dual wielding form just kind of bash with it on either end and then you combine them together into like a cross shape and i assume twirl that around or something because i don't know how you would wield it at that point but maybe maybe as a boomerang yeah yeah since it's thunderbolt as part of the properties i was thinking he was like shoots lightning out of it underwater or, yeah well that's the reason he built the towers Maybe it's more thunder underwater. That's true, like a sonic weapon. Yeah. And then I get to create an event or scene with uh, Vajra. Oh. I'm going to create a scene, our first scene here. Underneath the event Excalibur forged for the Child King Vogoth, I have uh, made a scene that asks the question, why did the wielder of Excalibur kill the wielder of Vajra? Okay, so I have asked the question. Now we can uh, make a scene. I guess we can role play or semi role play since it's only the two of us. Uh, we can yeah. we can each pick a character we decide the actions of, and then kind of do surrounding characters as necessary. I assume Vogoth is going to be there. Um, whoever's wielding Vedra, and I don't know who else would be there. They're in a battle. Yeah. There's uh this is during the the time of the grand unification, so they they have some sort of disagreement. Uh Excalibur was just forged for Vogoth. So perhaps Vogoth is at a disagreement with this Vedra person. What if the Vedra person is the maker of Excalibur? Well, then that falls into a literary trope of like the sword maker that gets killed by their own weapon. So let's say, what if they wanted to stop them from making more weapons as powerful as Excalibur or something like that? Well, we haven't gone into the forging a whole lot yet. Yeah. So so perhaps Vader person is maybe like a another piece of the army. Like this is some grand unification. These are like two united nations slash army and perhaps it's power grab yeah or is it more personal i mean, it could be both what if they they're one of their like commanders or like fellow generals and they kill them to take their army but also maybe for a personal reason maybe they liked their lady so they're trying to cover up a personal matter with a uh, act of war i are, aren't they all fluid yeah i'm sorry mate it's hard to think in these terms in something that's kind of an alien society. <laughs> yeah. Oddly enough. So so do you want to be Vogoth or Vedra person? Which you've named maybe uh, Siri? Yeah, as a name I just found on the Donjon fantasy name generator. Oh, uh, it's it's nighttime. And I, it's hard to think of these things because I'm thinking of above water things. Of like a general's tent. <laughs> a general's 
giant clamshell. Got some natural underwater cave formation. A really nice piece of coral. They've got some way to like, do they see underwater? They got like dark vision? I mean, they gotta. Or do they have lights everywhere? Like, do they have lights as part of their body? I guess they could. That seems really cool. What if there's a lot of bioluminescence too, just in general? So maybe there's little patches of light under the water. Yeah, but I just mean like as part of their bodies, some sort of bioluminescence type stuff. Yeah, it seems cool. I think maybe Siri is going there to assassinate Vogoth and is like oh. sneaking into the tent. So they've dimmed all their their uh, bio lights. Maybe Vogoth has, maybe they did something to force Siri to want to kill them. You be, you be Vogoth. What's Vogoth okay. doing? I think they're acting like they're paying a lot of attention to like a map. But I was thinking like maybe they're looking over like this like kind of 3D magical map and kind of doing some routine army business with it, trying to like act like they're not paying attention. Okay. Siri knew this was going to happen. And earlier in the day, left one of their Badras on the table and is planning to sneak up behind Vogoth. And like summon the other part to it. Because I've oh. just now determined that's part of the the Vedra <laughs> is you can summon one part to the other. Okay. So like the plan is to uh, just kind of summon that part right through Vogoth. I think what Siri doesn't know is that Excalibur's super magic ability is to control other magic weapons. What? <laughs> and so they just like put up a tentacle and... It goes around them. How? And then they... That's it. That's as Siri. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> How? I think Vogoth doesn't answer. They just make both of the Vedra electrocute Siri, like connect the current between both of his hands. And then Whoa. after he's Wait, already what is dead, it? he's... Well, hold on. What's oh. all this? Uh, let me break down your terminology. Both. Yeah, both of the... I thought they were very tentacle. Single. I just meant like both both doesn't apply to both of their hands. I was saying like they catch the other one, like the other half of the, the club. Through both of the Vedra? Yeah. Okay. I thought you said both of their hands. No, no, no. And I was Siri... like, they've got many tentacles. Sorry. <laughs> Appendage. Vogoth like okay. kind of waves away the Vedra and Siri catches it. And he turns around and like zaps him with it. And like while he's kind of weak and not quite dead, he's like, "They're like that was my power, or something like you fell just for my trap." I guess uh, I could have Siri say why, but I feel like the why is because Siri was gonna kill Vogoth. Yeah. So. Well, if Vogoth set it up, though, he says something like, "Well, it's a pity that you failed your assassination. Like someone's gonna have to lead your army now." And then he goes, "Isn't that right, Siri's mate? Because they were in." <laughs> in it all along and whispered <laughs> assassination things into Siri's ears or whatever they have instead of ears. I think they've got ears, like little ear holes. they got vibration sensation. Do they speak by telepathy? Mm -hmm. What if they speak by a combination of telepathy and light signals? <laughs> oh, I like that. So why did... Yeah, it was to... To take control of their army. Seems good. Slash in self-defense. Okay, so that's one round done. My focus will be, I'll just go with Excalibur. In between the Grand Unification and Touch the Sky, I have added a period called Excalibur. <laughs> a time 
when Excalibur is sealed away and the weapon weapons cores have more autonomy. And then inside of that period, I have an event. Each weapon develops a council to help share the burden of leadership. So each individual weapon. Yeah. All right. So now I need to add an event or period. Event, period, scene, somehow related to the focus of Excalibur. Okay. Now touch the sky and the fall, the fall of the air scrapers seem like events within the period of Excalibur. But but we'll we'll work it out. Yeah. Well, maybe this will help. So I have Excalibur is freed from its vault, but lost to the depths. Where, where is that? Under more like sea scrapers, so during the the destruction of the sea, of the skies of the air scrapers, the Excalibur is lost. Okay, okay, okay. I have created a scene underneath the Excalibur is freed from its vault but lost to the depths. My scene is the question: Why was Excalibur's vault at the top of the highest tower? Oh, that is a very good question. Yeah. Um, I got characters. Okay. <laughs> guard one, guard two. <laughs> hey, uh, guard two? Do you Let's give them names. Let's give them names. Okay. So you're uh, guard one, me... I guess. You took that role. Yeah. I'll name your guy. Or... Okay. Chusag. And guard two, Zoida. Zoida. Hey, Sorry, go ahead. Zoida. Zoida. weird. My, my guard's very, like, into their own name oh okay yeah yeah we, we get it that's your name it's on the name tag zoida zoida <laughs> okay go ahead I'm, is, I'm it, getting is it weird that we store excalibur the very important and dangerous weapon on top of the tallest tower whoa excalibur's in there yeah yeah that's that's why it's such an important vault uh, they didn't tell me it was an important they just said go up to that tower and i was oh, i live <laughs> on the sea floor you know how long it takes to get up to these towers? Oh, man, the traveling by school is just awful. With all the stops they have to make on the way up. Yeah. But you're saying Excalibur is in there? I mean, yeah. And they're paying... He uses a tentacle to point to several signs. <laughs> and they're paying us 250 squizogs per... Oh. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. So they're paying us minimum wage to guard the most powerful artifact known to Martian kind. And Choisag kind of like glimmers with some unsure bioluminescence and goes, you bring up an interesting point as, sorry, I, I did that so wrong. <laughs> Froki, the magical terrorist, attacks them. Attacks them personally? Yeah, just like comes at them with some magic. Well, be specific on the magic. I think it's like magic missile, but they're like doing it to where they like launch it as they're spinning on all their tentacles at the same time. So it's almost like they're doing a cartwheel of magical missile. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like an over the top, like the Chinese science fiction fantasy movies that have like way over the top action. Yeah, no, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm on board. Uh, so he knocks them out, and then I feel like we're no closer to our <laughs> answer. Oh, that doesn't explain. <laughs> he looks up from their unconscious bodies and says, because it's really hard to get up here <laughs> for us. Okay, so then Broki uh, blasts open the door, and like all the water flushes them out, and then they're just out in the air. 
Like, I don't know. Like, I think maybe there's like some contraption or something that's like, like the, the, the weapon was just kind of like, I don't know. It's they, they are able to put it out in the air is maybe the answer. Oh, like the weapon itself. Yeah. Oh. But that feels like too loose of a, you know, like some people yeah. can get some water suits and just climb up the side. What if it's because the sword is protected by a giant bird? <laughs> just this giant, like, dinosaur-like bird. So Vroki puts on their air suit. They're, they're going out, out into the air suit. They suit up next to uh, Chusag and Zoida. And then blasts open the door. Water floods out near the, the rock that I assume that the sword is held in. Right. <laughs> of course. Steps outside and is immediately picked up by a large bird. Yeah. This giant pterodactyl thing that Okay. So they've got the vault on top of this tower and they've got guards guarding it inside. But the reason it's up on the tower is because they've got a giant like pterodactyl thing guarding it. And whenever Vroki steals the sword, it flushes him outside and he gets attacked by the pterodactyl. And so, like, if this was a movie, the camera would watch their fight for a second. And then he would accidentally drop the sword. And you'd just watch the sword drop into the ocean while he and the pterodactyl are fighting in the background. And the sword just plunges deep into the water. Yeah, I mean, you're filling in a lot of blank space that could be ripe for uh, more questions. Sorry. Now, now, my immediate next question is something we may have to come back to. Why, why they got that bird? Why is that bird better than, like, a seabird <laughs> that they could have underwater? <laughs> there are many questions that this answer asks. Yeah. But we answered that question. I feel like that question is the first couple of minutes of Man of Steel, where they're on planet Krypton, and there's so much stuff happening. And while I was watching, I was like, I have so many more questions about this section of the movie than the rest of the entire movie put together. Well, then maybe you should watch Krypton I, this fall on sci-fi. I should, because it looks interesting. I've heard good things. I have to hear a lot of good things about <laughs> it before I'm willing to check it out. Now I need to give you, you a legacy? You give me a legacy for something in the things we did this past round. So I'm going to make it giant bird guard. And then you make a scene or uh, an event with the giant bird guard, which we should probably name. Tom Bombadil. <laughs> All right. Scene, scene. Gotta think of a scene. You could do an event. Think of an event. You could do a scene. Daniel's scene is right after the scene I just uh, did. And the question he is posing is, why wasn't Excalibur found? Can I suggest a, a character in this scene? Yeah, go for it. Zoida, they survived and kept it for themselves. Yeah. And so, so far, I had characters in the scene such as the current Phaedra, Wielder, Yurik, the giant bird guard, and then Zoida and Chusag. But they did, though. Oh, they could have survived. You think Broki is taking uh, hostages? No way, man. All right. It's just their corpses. Broki's it. Froki's a death dealer. Oh, that's real good. I'm adding that to his description. Their description. Yeah, their description. Dips on bird guard. <laughs> I was going to say, are you just going to chirp? <laughs> you want to start? All right. Um, oh, well, uh, set the scene, okay. I guess. Froki has just escaped or disappeared. Maybe they fall into the ocean, so we don't have a clear idea if they're alive or dead. And Phaedra 
runs up to the tower, tinnacling, and breathlessly is like, Yurik, where, where's Excalibur? Okay, is this taking place outside? Are they in a, a water suit or? Um, I mean, it could be outside and they could just know they need to get back inside pretty quick. Okay, what'd you? But sorry. They run out onto the the bridge to the tower vault and it's like, Yurik, where's where's the sword? <laughs> No, I guess it has speech since you uh, made it a character. <laughs> I, I mean, it could just, it could just screech and like point. <laughs> Yo, it fell. Uh, or maybe it's like I don't know. I was trying to defeat Roki, or I was trying to defeat this magic dude. He said to guard the sword, but they grabbed it, and uh, <laughs> I, I guess giant bird is like I don't know. <laughs> what if I think it fell? Can we do like a scene that follows the sword itself to answer the question? Excalibur um, character. I mean, that's true. Do you just want to do the scene that you just narrated? <laughs> yeah, just make Excalibur a character and then follow narrate their journey, their thoughts. I mean, well, we've got like the other two there. Okay, I think uh, Yurik up on the top of the tower. Vedra comes out and is like, yo, where's the sword? And Yurik is like, alas, poor me. It is gone. And a sword and flips yeah. them off. And then we follow the sword. It's like deuces. So the sword is like twirling through the currents below. Yeah. I think the, the currents carry Excalibur almost like they've got a will of their own and draw it deep into a chasm. Maybe there's a giant or monster that sits on top. You see teeth. Yeah. The sword glows as you see its glow disappear behind some teeth. There we go. Why was an Excalibur found? I ate it. <laughs> Something ate it. Okay, uh, is your focus to choose? I want to know more about the weapons core. All right, give me two. So I've got the weapons core together create a suspended tower in the sky, under touch the skies of it, period. And then during the sea scrapers period, they divide politically. Okay, what do you mean by suspended tower? I was thinking maybe there's the air scrapers that come up out of the ocean and they're suspended between a couple of them as like a symbol of unity and balance. I feel like we should come up with a name for the weapons core. The Kraken. Kraken. Okay, so I have added right now as the last event in the Grand Unification. I have the event Vogoth creates the weapons core, creating several newer weapons to make their new newly united lands more manageable. Or should I say Martian or Jibble? All right, and you get to create one more thing. Daniel has created a uh, new scene just below the event I just created. And it says, why did the weapon crops meet secretly? No, I'm just kidding. He didn't typo it. I typoed it. Why did the weapons core meet secretly? What characters he got? You got to make some new ones. Well, there should be the new Phaedra. I'll name them. Aegon and Grulo. I'll make this the heads of the weapons club. So maybe Bruza and Grulo are having an argument and Aegon comes in and like closes the door behind him and it's like, hey, keep your voices down. I was just saying that if you wanted to signal help is coming, you should light three times brightly up into the the upwards instead of two times. It's much more clear. I think Aegon just <laughs> makes the Phaedra uh, 
like light up with a little bit of like lightning. It's like that's not what we came here to discuss. And Gulo says, "Yeah, I don't see why it's a big deal." <laughs> and then Brosa's like, "Because we need our symbols to, or we need our communication to be clear if we're anyone's able to communicate. Otherwise, it's just all chaos." <laughs> and scene. <laughs> Why didn't they meet secretly? So that they had working symbols. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Well, I was going to have Aegon say, no, we've got to meet because, because we need to figure out how to control Excalibur. I think Gulo maybe says, like, maybe says, uh, but Excalibur controls us. We can't control Excalibur. Exactly. What? Yeah. <laughs> Are these the names of the weapons or the names of the characters? Oh, characters. Are... It's confusing. Okay, you you don't have the weapons for them. I uh, know. I pulled up. I've got the list if we want to add some. Oh, Excalibur is the lake one. It's not in a stone. They they put it in a lake later. No, Caliburn is the, the sword Arthur pulled from the stone. Oh. So maybe up in the tower it was like a dry lake. It was a large room. Oh. Instead of being in a stone. Yeah. And then the bird picked him out of the arena. Because it has a lot more room to... I just wonder, what does a hammer look like underwater? Is it just a basic hammer? I mean, yeah. The thing about Mjolnir is that it would return when thrown. Yeah. It's a big deal of it. And it could have some sort of like, like there's a thing where it can like stay wherever you drop it. So maybe it's almost like an immovable rod or has some gravity control. Hmm. Yeah. What if it's just a staff and a heavy rock <laughs> that can be summoned? Oh, the staff like it can detach. But uh, I guess Thor on Earth didn't know that. <laughs> what about like a hammer that's heavy, as heavy or light as the user wants it to be? There you go. And canned return. So maybe that's how it works underwater is they can make it really light while they're swinging it. And as they like release it, they can make it really heavy. Maybe it changes shape, the hammerhead. No, that's true. The hammer part. So it can be fluid dynamic, kind of like an axe head to cut through the water. And then it changes to a blunt, heavy object at the end. That sounds cool. What's yours? Oh, yeah. Pridwin. Pridwin is King Arthur's shield, so I think he uses just a, a really sturdy shield. I think it's like a magical, like, force-fieldy shield. Okay. But okay. So I kind of felt like his character was very dour but steadfast. From what I've given you? Yeah. <laughs> so do we answer why they met secretly? To plan a coup, or...? Yeah, I think they want to plan a reason to... S I'll write something down here. Didn't, didn't Akon just say, we got to figure out a way to to control Excalibur and letting instead of letting it control us. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to make uh, Vogoth your legacy now. Oh. Or Yurik, the bird thing. In the period, touch the sky. After, sometime after, the weapon cores, the weapon core, create a suspended tower in the sky. Uh, a land expedition, on a land expedition, the team of the aforementioned land expedition finds an egg that appears to be ancient. Ooh, nice. I did that through the Yurik legacy, if you see where I'm going with that. And out of it is hatched Thor. <laughs> the Crabman. Yeah. Um, I guess I choose a focus this time. Grand Unification. 
Okay. This one, uh, the scene is going to be less of a scene and I think more of a discussion. Uh, but uh, I create an event at the beginning. It's the first one so far in the grand unification. That's our first first period. Uh, my event is the first weapons start appearing. And this leads to massive losses for the nations that do not possess any of the weapons. Okay. So the first weapons start appearing and massively sway the wars that are going on. And then you've asked a question. Yeah, yeah the scene I have is, what was the first weapon found? I think this can be more of a throw out an idea and we'll pick one, basically. What if we make it Ichabal? Because that could make some interesting things for his... For their remembrance later on thinking back on this time yeah yeah i googled first legendary weapon and they talk about lord of the rings <laughs> online and guild wars there is the oh man i'm gonna butcher this garbarg and it's the spear of <laughs> made from the bones of a sea monster it's an irish thing well what is it though a spear made of sea bones uh G-A-E space B-U-L-G. And there's a accent mark on the A. What if uh, this is like a precursor to that? A uh, precursor? Yeah. What if it is th- these bones of a giant sea monster and all of the bones are the weapon and then these get broken off oh. into various weapons? Like they break them down into smaller pieces. Yeah. One of them can be a spear for this, but this might be the origin of the weapons. That'd be cool. Yeah, even in the legend, the spear supposedly had seven heads and each with seven barbs. So the first weapon found isn't that. That's based on this. Yeah. This is like a skeleton mech suit, bio mech suit. Whoever found that goes on like a rampage. And then pieces of that are found and crafted into weapons. Okay. Yeah, it could work. I really like the idea of the skeleton mech suit. Like a huge, I don't even know the shape. Like I'm thinking whale just because that's like the largest sea creatures here. So since it's in water, it really would need like feet like we have. Yeah. So what if it's all the bones, but they're all like pushed up together in like a weird texture like instead of actually resembling the skeleton of a creature they're all shoved up around the wearer in like a weird oh like channel zero's teeth kid <laughs> i should have known <laughs> okay i see what you're saying there's That's a lot of pictures of just teeth. kids with teeth <laughs> kids teeth i can see that uh um like a very compressed yeah. skeleton instead of being spread out like maybe it still resembles a whale yeah and it's still quite a bit larger than the person in it instead of being form-fitting yeah but but less of the the super massive with a bunch of gaps in it yeah okay cool you could just call it the first oh that's true <laughs> that was my two starts for grand unification okay you've got something to put in somewhere related to the grand unification so right after your question about the first weapons i have the first is defeated in battle oh maybe that's a group effort to take him down take them down okay okay did you want them nuked that soon what did you want them nuked that soon 
Uh, there's many events in between those two. Oh, okay. I will add four now. Uh, uh, Daniel put this event in between the first weapons start appearing and Excalibur forged for the Child King Bogoth. So somewhere between those two events, the first is defeated in battle. Um, I gotta create one more thing relating to the Grand Unification. Okay, I've got a scene underneath uh, the first is defeated in battle. The scene is, why did the first turn to dust when Kiln touched it? Because Kiln is there. Yeah, yeah. The first, obviously. Although they might not be doing much. <laughs> um, obviously, it's a great big battle yeah. happening. Some people have united, uh, perhaps. Uh, specifics, more or less un- unknown, vague at this point. What if we uh, had... Kiln is... What? what if we had Siri there? Because then they could be like watching or like getting ideas. I think there's got to be like a wizard involved. Um, I about to say Vroki, but he is probably not yet born. Probably not. And I realized after we said Vroki the wizard that that's really close to Loki. I'm not Vroki, the guy with no money. Oh, poor hobo wizard. Um, we can find out at first. Kiln is like. I'm going out there. I'm going to defeat it. The first is like, Rah! destroy everything. And Siri's like, hey, you can't defeat that. First, you need the magic stuff. And Kiln is like, I already put this gel on my hands. Old wizard Bondi. <laughs> I don't like this scene. <laughs> a little rough. Maybe we should discuss it a little more than role play it. Yeah. Since we've got two people. Some of the scenes work out well. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, what if Siri is like a super engineer guy person and Wani is a super magical person and together they make something for Kiln to fight with? As long as it's like a gel type substance on Kiln's hand. Okay. What if it breaks the connection between all the bones? Almost like a virus? Mm. So they run up and they start touching the first and bones just start dropping off. So so Wani is like creating a, a spell that should dissolve the bonds between bones. Yeah. And Siri is developing a delivery mechanism. Yeah. Because no magic can get close to the first. Wani's been trying spells, but spells just bounce off before it can even approach the thing. And so... uh. Siri develops this thing that won't be. De- uh, Siri's got a bit of bone. The doing test against it and discovered some algae paste or something that that can get close to the bone. And so Kiln is like, "All right, I'm going in." And he does the Full Metal Alchemist clap his hands together, clap clap their hands together, clap their tentacles together. Yeah, yeah. clap their tentacles, and then cartwheel at. <laughs> Everyone cartwheels in battle. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. And maybe it, it's at this time, Siri, uh, in doing these tests with the bones, sees potential for crafting things. Yeah, I like that. There's less role playing, but yeah, I think that's fine. We can we can do it how we want. Can replace my uh, legacy or uh, create a new one, and then you can do a scene or an event dealing with my or your legacy. I'll have the first be your new legacy. Okay. Why? So the sudden appearance of all this bone dust 
and magic weapons creates a magical arms race among the different kingdoms. So I have up here the, the first weapons start appearing, leading to massive losses. Uh, I think the first weapons... Uh, no, 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 it's fine. Okay. I think the first weapons appearing on that part is... Uh, it has to do with the, uh, like, just bro broken off bone fragments. Yeah. Are leading to massive wins, just wielding those. Okay, so the first is still running around during that whole period. And... Yeah. Okay. I just want to clear it up a bit. Do you want to make this be the last round? Sure. So I pick up my new focus now? Uh, yes. Okay. Focus and then two things. My new focus will be Voyage to Earth. I wanted to get this idea before I forgot it. Yeah, there is an idea I had that I should have written down. <laughs> it was a whole period that I've... It's just gone now. Oh. So I had this idea. And this reaches out, out past Microscope with some changes. So he said that there's these planet gods. Did we want to... Have we covered that in anything concretely? No. We haven't touched on it concretely in the, the rest of the, the canon. So we got these planet gods <laughs> that we haven't talked about before, but are very important and have been there all along. That's completely true. It was from the start. It hasn't really manifested in anything yet concretely, but... We've had this idea we've been kicking around that... Oh, well, we touched on it very briefly in the Quake world build. We we had some ideas bounce around about it. Yeah, I don't think we had determined that it was a planet god thing yet, yeah. though. Just, just that there was some, like, gateway to some force. But we're thinking that can be, like, the essence of the planet itself. And each planet has one, or each planet with life has one or something. Yeah, but... so I had this idea... That they weren't advanced enough yet to make a spaceship to leave. But what they did have was their planet god. And she raises up the oceans and just tosses them to Earth through space. So just the oceans of Mars flying through space with their cities, like their constructed cities. And then when they get there, the Mars Martian god dies from the effort. My idea was maybe part of them dies on Mars or on the moon, on Earth's moon, just trying to tie it into moon glow. I worked really hard for that. Now I realize that could be more a problem than it's worth. <laughs> yeah, what do you think? Does that work? These these two events? Um, What is Atlantis, the city? Because at some point I think we had it, it was their spaceship. Yeah, but now it's sounding like they didn't have spaceship technology so maybe they create a city that can survive this trip but so it's like a self-contained city but not necessarily a spaceship and that sinks yeah at some point. like maybe it's more like a submarine city something closer to the nautilus i just wonder is there anything we could do with them taking refuge inside the body of this planet goddess oh that could work like a giant whale almost yeah, or something like that. That could be really cool. I don't know, play with. It could be a part of their body. But part of them, the, they die and some of their corpses on the moon? I also wonder how 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 impossibly huge are these planet beings? See, I was almost thinking they're... Like fifth dimensional? Yeah. I was thinking something like Ego, where there's a small seed of their actual being, but then they just over time grow into the whole planet. See, that's too small scale for me. Okay. If these are supposed to be like elder god type things, not necessarily. They seem some of them seem good 
but like in scope. Right. Just being the size of the planet is too small. So are they connected to the planet? Something? I don't know. There's got to be like some either like extra dimensional space of them. Okay. There's some other plane of existence that most of them exist on or something. Hmm. I just I've been very obsessed lately with the idea of how big space is yeah. and how terrifying that is. <laughs> Right. And I just imagine the scope of a being that exists in space, not necessarily in physical space, but in the scale of space, because it's like the 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 part of the cosmos we can see is like such a drop in the ocean of all of it. What we can see is a cup and what we've scooped it out of is the ocean. Yeah. So I imagine the the part of these beings that any mortals interact with is the cup. And there's still an ocean left of these beings, you know? Yeah. Okay. So maybe it's like a connection severing, not not a death. What if it's like they reach the planet's Earth's God's domain and they lose their power or like the Earth God like grips them away from it? And that's like a, a like they're sacrificing a piece of themselves to get the people there. Yeah, maybe they they can't. Their domain is Mars. They can't really go beyond it, so they cut off a a a toenail. Yeah, and that's what they send to Earth. <laughs> and the other guy just like grabs whatever they send over and just pulls it into themselves. Yeah, but I think that works. So goddess doesn't die. The the piece of the goddess dies. Yeah. Maybe a physical remnant is left on the moon, and then that could be some sort of power thing for Moonglow. Yeah. To tie back into what you wanted to get out of that. I'm just now imagining an actual toenail just crashing into the moon. I forgot to mention that whatever vessel or form that they get the Martians to Earth, I thought it'd be funny if they called it the Vogoth. In honor of the unification. Okay, I've got days. I've got a, a period between the air scrapers, more like sea scrapers, and uh, uh, but after that, but before leaving Mars, I have days of destruction. This is a a time period of great environmental disasters and strife and such and such, making the planet nigh unlivable. It's just a, a very bad time in Mars history that perhaps, who knows what happens between this period and the leaving Mars period, but perhaps it is the one right before it. <laughs> but uh, your turn to make a thing. Hmm. I just added a series of events that takes place during the Days of Destruction. You just added one event. Yeah, just one. But <laughs> it's the Leviathan monsters, just an indeterminately large monster, begins rising from the depths and attacking people on the surface. On the surface, you mean? Well, they rise up at the deepest part of the, the ocean oh, okay. and are just causing problems where used to they were just a very deep water creature. Okay. Yeah. I've given you the legacy Marsda. I named what I named what they named their planet goddess. Oh, okay. Mars, duh. Okay, and then I will make one, one thing, one thing with uh, one of our legacies as a final event or scene for our play session today. I'm gonna make it a good one. No pressure. 
Okay, how's that? All weapons are summoned to one location in a resurrection of the first. Oh, this is directly after the violent Leviathans raised from the surface. Right. Sometime after. Yeah, sometime, some amount of time. Yeah. Oh, could be directly after. But nice, I like it. I used I used the legacy of the first. Very nice. Okay, do I want to do a quick summary? Sure. So we have the grand unification is the start of our history here. Yeah, we got a lot of wars and and such between many nations. And there's a magical skeletal mech suit called the first that then creates many more magical weapons from itself. Yeah, and then uh, it's defeated and turns into a bunch of dust, which then creates a magical arms race. The, the bunch of kingdoms start scraping up the dust and making weapons, I assume. Yeah. From this, there's the first, I think we're just saying, like, Major King Vogoth, who wields Excalibur that can control other magical weapons. Yeah, he was some grand unifier, I think. But then um, they yeah. secretly met to Excalibur him. Then they created the, Vogoth created the weapons cores, which planned and plotted against him, or them. And then there was a period of time where Excalibur was locked away. Yeah. And the weapons developed councils to rule more jointly. And they created towers that could stand up out of the water. And they seemed to be a pretty harmonious time at that point. Yeah, as far as we could tell right now. Yeah. Um. Sometime later, the towers start falling down out of the sky and into the seas. Yeah, and there's a lot of political upheaval. And the, the different cores are uh, dividing amongst themselves and against each other and different such. We a rife area to explore sometime in the future. Yeah. And then um, I guess at some uh, one of the last, got to be one of the last towers still standing has Excalibur. Yeah. Maybe that's a very large period, but... Well, yeah. Yeah, but Excalibur not, is yeah. stolen but then lost. Yeah, and then sometime after that, there's great environmental disasters, and everything is terrible, and monsters start coming up from the deep, and even the first is resurrected instead of in bone form a bunch of weapons in its shape. And then everybody gets together some point after that, and they leave Mars together in through, some form or manner to go to yeah, Earth. Yeah, through through Mars, the, the, the Mars goddesses magic yeah well i think we did That's pretty not... good yeah um i might post these show notes on our blog in case people want to go out and see kind of what we made yeah and this is a this is a concept i hope you guys like it uh we'll definitely be interested in doing a part two we'll definitely be adding to the timeline whether or not you guys want it to be an episode i guess let us know whether you like this format as a experiment into the gaming side of things instead of a typical world build to give us a little more structure but i'd love to do a part two and fill in more more areas of the the timeline but if you guys hate this episode for some reason then uh let us know and we'll we'll just do this timeline on our own and report back our findings yeah because maybe we could use this as like a frame to do some world building in the future but then we could talk it out or we can see how this works Whenever we edit together. Yeah, and we've been talking about different ways to bring other games into our world building thing. 
because it seemed like a fun thing to do. So this was our first foray into this experimental side of things instead of just riffing on a theme, having a little bit of structure and seeing how that guides things. Yeah. Do we want to do some plug? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's July and we're participating in a thing called hashtag two pods a day. We're taking part in it. It's a month long campaign for July to promote indie podcasts and they've got a Facebook and a Twitter and we'll put all that in the show notes to check out. Um, but there was one, a couple that we checked out. One I checked out was Surf Memphis and they were pretty funny. They're like a travel pod, but it's all about interviewing couch surfers in their house. And if you follow them every day in this month, you will get two indie pods, two new indie pods to listen to. Yeah. And they've got little reviews for each of them so you can uh, see what they're about and see if you wanted to step into those. One of the ones that was on there recently that was pretty good was I Never Saw That, and it was a pretty good one about watching shows that uh, uh, this this woman couldn't see in her childhood because she was at, like, a... What was the word she used? A therapeutic boarding school. You gotta hear... The story, I don't want to <laughs> butcher it at all. It sounds not great yeah. from what I've heard. and But uh, the podcast is really good, though. <laughs> but uh, uh, the one of the episodes I looked at was uh, this episode 24 highlights is pretty good because it gives you a little a sampler of everything they've done. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, go go check out Two Pods a Day and get two, po- two, two pods a day. I'm tweeting about it right now. Yeah, we've been tweeting about it a lot, so yeah. you can also check it out through there. But there will be links to everything. We've rambled a lot here. We have. Mainly me. I'm sorry. I guess we should do our regular outro stuff. Our art is by Lisa Prather. You can find her art at our website, lisapratherart.com. Sure. And Instagram, yeah, Lisa Prather Art. Yeah. The song we probably used is Free Harmonics by the Free Harmonic Orchestra. Used under its Creative Commons license, and we shortened it a bit for our use. You can go check that out at Free Music Archive, and links in the show notes as well. And then we've got email, Twitter, we got website, we got WordPress, we got Facebook. There's even a Discord channel. Yeah, come, come chat with to us. us. Whoa. Skeleton Mac in the general chat. So if you were in this thing, you would know. Over a day early, a clue of what's going to happen in this episode. That's right. That's exclusive. <laughs> okay. Um, you can find Daniel at Gware and Gware.itch.io. You can find Quentin at Quentin Pongrants. Yeah, I think you could find uh, Josh just recently got an Instagram. I think we're done. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week with those tabula rasa stories yeah bye bye also like having all that power all that power what was that is that is that the song the kanye west one yeah yours sounded nothing like oh. what that one is <laughs> that's my own song yeah Hanjo Masamune, a legendary and very real Japanese sword.
very real.